Welcome back, everybody, to the Really Real Real Estate Podcast, episode 55. Today's title is True Crime Daily. Questions that get asked of realtors on a daily basis. One of them includes, is this a safe neighborhood? Or how safe is this street? Or what is the crime rate like in this community? Today, we talk about that great question and why it may not be as easy for realtors to answer this question as as you might think. My name is Lou Lombardi. Now, here's the Dick Tracy of real estate, Jason Wilcox. I actually know Dick Tracy, so I'm very proud of myself. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was in a skit about him in high school, our uh, Uh, fall production. I think I played either Dick Tracy or a sidekick. So I actually get that reference. (laughs) All right. Good, 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 good. So um, this is a... uh, what, this is an interesting topic, and this is something that I ever, I'm sure everybody wants to know. I mean, you know, I guess unless you're moving into, you know, some like gated community in Upper Saint Clair or something like that, or maybe yep. then you're asking to, this. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, it is the kind of question that I'm sure comes up, and so how do we handle this? You know, absolutely. Well, and and to start off, um, you know, you talk about that gated community in Upper St. Clair. However, we've all seen the purge. Yeah. So even those gated communities, <laughs> oh, Ethan Hawke proved Let's that those not... gated communities still may not be as safe as you think. <laughs> Wait a minute now. <laughs> this, that's a fictional story. So anybody who's listening, please. <laughs> Just this is it's a fictional story. Do you know what my biggest fear is? Uh-huh. I make a joke about that. And then like two days after this podcast episode premieres, there's something that happens awful. And I'm going to feel awful that it happened in a gated community in Upper St. Clair. And then everyone's going to look at me going, wait a minute, Jason, you just made this joke on your podcast. That's terrible. Well, that's okay. We could just pull the pie. But anyways, so yes. how do we approach this situation? Yeah. So this is a tough question to answer. Um, And and I wrote this podcast episode because it is a question I get daily. um, And it's a very innocent question. I get it. Buyers want to know if they're moving into a safe community, but it is, it is a tougher question to answer than what you think. And there's two main reasons why it's such a tough question to answer. The first is Everyone's definition of a quote unquote safe neighborhood or, you know, a a low crime rate is different. Um, I joke all the time. I have an investor um, that comes down, you know, once every six months to look at properties and he's from Brooklyn, New York. Pittsburgh to him is amateur hour when it comes to to crime. (laughs) There's not one part of this city he wouldn't walk through at two in the morning because he just he's from Brooklyn. It's a different ballgame up there. He's not as concerned. Meanwhile, I have buyers that, to go back to what Lou said, wouldn't walk at 2 a.m. in any one of those gated communities in Upper St. Clair, let alone other, you know, less desirable areas of our city. So that's the first issue. So it's, Everyone's so it's definition. Rel- so it's kind of relative. It can be relative. Exactly. Exactly. But here's the other reason why I can't answer that. I legally have to tell my clients, legally, I'm not allowed to answer that question. Um, What a lot of buyers don't realize when we first get into looking at houses is that as a realtor, I'm in a really unique situation because I do have to look out for my client's best interests. I do have a fiduciary duty to my clients, but at the same time, I have a legal and ethical obligation to my profession and to the community. And what I'm not allowed to do is I'm not allowed to legally steer 
my buyers one direction or another. Steering is this idea of leading clients to or away from a certain neighborhood because of whether it's, you know, the, 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 the racial makeup of the community or the crime rate of the community. I'm legally not allowed to steer you in one direction or another. As a, as a licensed realtor, I have to remain very neutral. So all I'm allowed to tell you is do your research look into this specific community, this specific street, and you tell me if you feel safe enough in this house because legally I cannot tell you one way or another. Yeah, you have to get you have to do some research, you know, on your own if you're if that's something that you want to uh address. But there there's some other kind of eh, <laughs> shaky yeah. ethical things like steering. Do you want to get into some of that? Yeah. And I don't want to dive too far into this because actually as a side note, um, I'm working later this year to get on a very, very special guest uh, for the podcast, um, a very well-respected name in the real estate community. Um, he actually recommended to me a book uh, called The Color of Law. And if anybody's out there listening that is looking for some really um, just good, knowledgeable, nonfiction uh, reading, check out the book, uh, The Color of Law, excuse me. It's a, it's a phenomenal book with a lot of great information about kind of how the real estate market fared through, you know, the, the, throughout the 20th century. So I don't want to go too much into this, but, you know, I mentioned earlier about steering and steering is one of several behaviors that unfortunately occurred previously in our, in our, um, real estate community, like panic selling, like redlining, that were very unethical behaviors that happened quite a lot. And that's part of the reason why I can't answer it now, because we are trying to get these really bad practices out of our uh, real estate community. Because here's the thing, when you ask about the crime rate, that is a very innocent question. I understand why you're asking that. But because Real estate agents were known to steer. Uh, they were known to panic sell. They were known to redline. Uh, redlining was actually lenders. That's why these behaviors have become no-nos in 2021. Basically, if you've not heard of it, um, panic selling and redlining are two very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they are very undesirable qualities that existed many years ago that should never have existed. Panic selling was where basically realtors would go into a community. Um, they were usually racially motivated um, decision-making where they basically would walk into a community, go, oh no, oh no, oh no. Uh, there's an African-American that has moved into the community uh, and now you are, um, your value of your home's going down. So they get the white neighborhood to panic sell. Panic sell basically means you want to get rid of this property no matter matter what the cost, because you don't want to be in this community anymore. So they would sell it at lowball prices to the realtors and to investors um, and move out of the community. And then the realtors would uh, turn around and ironically sell it to the African-American community who were actually paying a premium because it was very hard to find housing um, in racially mixed uh, communities. It was an awful, awful thing that they did. Uh, I don't condone it whatsoever. So, so, this, and- so this innocent kind of question, so uh, the listeners, you guys get the point, see how this can be turn into something not so right. innocent that's that's why exactly this, it seems you know like when we started too, i was looking like thinking to myself like what's so wrong with that now you see where it goes yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly and and just to real briefly mention redlining redlining is actually a, a bona fide literal thing this blew my mind when i first heard about it this was something that lenders used to do and in the old days when you actually went into the office they had maps 
on the wall with literally red outlines. This is where the term redlining came from uh, with communities that they would versus they would not lend to because of the racial uh, mixture of that community. If it was an all white neighborhood, they would lend to it. If it was mixed or all African-American, they would not. And that's where redlining came from. Again, awful behavior. I don't condone it whatsoever. And because of it, steering is kind of mixed in with uh, panic selling and redlining. So steering, you know, people in or out of certain communities because of, you know, again, the racial components or the or the crime rate. That's why I'm not allowed to do it. So, again, it puts me in a very precarious situation, which is why I can only tell you legally you have to do your research. Okay, but we've talked about this uh, seller disclosure before. So why is this why it doesn't cover crime because it can be turned unethical or is there some other reason? No, that's a great question. It's actually not so much because it's unethical. It's because the seller disclosure law states that a seller has to disclose what they know about their property. When I say their property, I mean within their four walls. When you start talking crime rate, And when you start talking about other items in the community, you're doing just that. You're talking about stuff that goes on outside the four walls. And a seller is legally to disclose what is going on within the four walls, what's going on with the roof and the HVAC system. Has there been water in the basement? That's why they don't um, have to disclose about what's going on in the neighborhood. Okay, um, but you could say something like, yeah, this place has been broken into six times in the past year. (laughs) (laughs) Or not, I don't know. (laughs) Probably. At that point, I tell people, Google search the address. You'll be shocked at what you can find uh, on the internet with relative searching ease. So so this is how, so if if it is something you're concerned about, that is what you would recommend just to do some internet playing around? (laughs) Yes, there are four things that I recommend that any and all buyers can do. Number one is absolutely check online. Um, there was another realtor who who joked with me once, kind of joked with me. Maybe I shouldn't say joked, but uh, he had a property <laughs> he listed. He kind of joked. I shouldn't say joked. <laughs> Uh, with me and and he had a property in a certain community and we got to talking about uh, the, the crime and things like that. And I think he mentioned it being in kind of the more undesirable part of this neighborhood. And I said, how do you determine whether or not it's uh, in the more undesirable part of the neighborhood? He goes, it's that part of the neighborhood that address is always in the news, <laughs> which is he's not wrong, though. You know, if if, you know, if. if a certain neighborhood or a certain street or a certain block is constantly in the, in the news. Again, Google search it. You'll find it in 35 seconds. So yeah. So check online. The second thing you can do is um, you can actually talk to the neighbors. I joke all the time. Neighbors are the best seller disclosure ever, because if you don't think every neighbor gossips like a 10 year old schoolgirl at a Jonas Brothers concert, you are sorely mistaken. I've literally had to go to the next door neighbors uh, to ask questions before. I remember one specific instance. I saw a foreclosure and I needed the utilities uh, and the and the the foreclosure, the banking um, 
institution that had this property didn't have it. So I had to go ask the neighbors. And it was the middle of winter. It was two older guys. One's under the car changing the oil. The other one's standing outside the car helping him, whatever. I go over over to them. I explain who I am. It had a very Sopranos, like mafia-esque scene of what I was about to get into. I had these two bigger guys, didn't know what I was going to get into. And I told them, I said, hey, just need to get the utilities you know, buyers are buying the house next door that's been in foreclosure. They're going to do great things to the house. I was there for 30 minutes getting the whole history of the property. <laughs> These two guys did not stop talking. They had a detailed account of everything that went on in that house for the last six years. They know who was in and which ex-girlfriend was out. And she said this and he did that. And she threw his stuff on the lawn and he turned <laughs> off the water. It was just ridiculous. Like they were like, they were the biggest bunch of just gossipers you could have ever imagined. Uh, so yeah, you can do that. Um, the other thing, two things that you can do um, is you can always call the local authorities and you can check online uh, at Megan's law. Same thing with the authorities where they may not be able to give you their opinions um, as to whether or not they feel that something is a, is a safe neighborhood, but a lot of times you can get statistical information. You know, how many times have you been called to this street? You know, have you had to respond to this specific address? You can ask certain, you know, quantitative questions. And if based on their responses, you're not comfortable. Again, Lou, you're exactly right. If you go and say, hey, have you been called to this house before? Oh, yeah, we've had six B&Es in, in the last two years. Well, that may answer your question as to whether or not you feel like it's a safe neighborhood or not. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, finally, you know, last but least, check Megan's Law if that's a concern to you. Um, and uh, so any sort of uh, final thoughts before we... Uh wrap uh, because this is pretty much a cut and dry sort of uh, thing you know not really too much to say about it other than what we've already said so any any sort of final thoughts or anything you want to share absolutely I go back to what I stated at the beginning asking about the crime rate is a very innocent question and it's totally understandable that you would want to ask that question Lou I think you asked that question when you were first moving into your home yep. I know it's something my wife and I considered when we purchased our first home you know when we go to purchase our next home it's going to be me and my wife it's going to be our very young son yeah. um, it's a concern I get it I sympathize with you as a person I totally understand where you're coming from just understand there's a real term. I'm not trying to be difficult just trying to let you know uh, what legally I can and cannot do. With that said, I cannot stress enough, do your research before making an offer on a home. It's a very bona fide thing to be concerned about. However, you want to make sure that all your questions and concerns are answered before making an offer. Because if you get to two weeks before closing and all of a sudden you find out that your next door neighbor had a major heinous crime that happened two years ago and that you know person was never caught and potentially still living in the neighborhood. If all of a sudden two weeks before closing, you bring that concern to your 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 agent and you want to terminate the deal not saying you can't it just may have some financial repercussions so i just want to encourage you to make sure that you do any and all research uh before making off the offer on the home so that you are completely comfortable with the safety of that neighborhood before getting into a legally binding contract you know we talked in the past about you know the school districts and things like that and it's all stuff that we all want to know about so this while you're looking at that stuff take a peek at this as well if it's something that you're concerned about 
Absolutely, because even further than that, that final thought can be expanded to if you're concerned about the school district, if you're concerned about the busing routes, whether it's public transportation or school transportation, you know, any of those things, if you need to be, if you don't drive and you need to be in walking distance with a grocery store and a, and a drugstore so you can get your prescriptions filled, again, things you need to research before making an offer. Those are all things. And again, I always say, if I can't answer it, there's somebody else out there who can, and there's nothing wrong with picking up the phone or shooting an email and trying to get your answers from those outside sources that do exist. You are 100% correct, Lou. Very good. Very good. And uh, I'm, I do have a question for you. Sure. When I'm sure this has been asked of you. How do you answer it when somebody very innocently asks you, what's the, uh, you know, hey, what's a, what's a crime rate or what's, a, what, you know, what's this neighborhood like? Absolutely. So I always just very gently tell them it's a perfectly legitimate question that you have asked me, Mr. and Mrs. Byer. Legally, I'm not allowed to steer you in one direction or another. Uh, so legally, I cannot answer that question. Now, with that said, if that's a concern to you, my recommendation is to research it. You have the right to call the local authorities. You have a right to check Megan's law. You have a right to talk to the neighbors. You have a right to do your research online. So if that's a concern to you, um, just make sure you do your research ahead of time. And, and I know that sounds like a very canned answer based on what I told you, but I actually designed this episode based on how I respond yeah. to my buyers in the past. That's kind of what um, what what created this episode. So that's, that's exactly what I tell them. Or tell them, go listen to podcast episode 55. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and you'll know all about it. And if you check Megan's law, make sure you only check the address of the property you're purchasing. Don't check your current address because it will freak you out. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. On that happy note. Yes. <laughs> you've been listening to the Really Real Real Estate Podcast with your host, Jason Wilcox. Jason wants to be your real estate advisor, not 90 days before you want to sell. Okay, like the time to start the conversation is now. At some point, you're going to move out of that place you're in now. Some point, something's going to happen. You're going to want to change the scenery. Your family's growing. Whatever you need, a bigger house. Maybe you need to downsize. Maybe you're. Maybe you do need something that's closer to your job or whatever. Jason is here for you right here today. Now, whether you think it's going to be in a year, 18 months, two years, get the conversation started. You can reach out to Jason at 412-651-4638. As always, there are now 55 freaking episodes of the Really Real uh, Real Estate Podcast, and there's a wealth of information. I'm telling you, I feel like I could almost, well, I don't want to insult Jason, but I kind of feel like I could almost become a real estate agent like pretty easy now. <laughs> After we could go. We could go in, in, in. We could go into business together, Lou. <laughs> after after I've learned so much uh, working with this guy every week, um, and you can too. You can have the same experience. Go back and listen to all the episodes. And something that uh, we neglect to tell you guys every week because you know it's just we're so into what we're talking about. We forget about the sort of business side of this podcast stuff. But please share the podcast if you like what you're hearing on whatever device you're listening to. There's that little uh, sideways V shaped thing. Hit that and just share it with, you know, throw it up on your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter, whatever it is, you, uh, whatever, whatever it is you, you uh, like to frequent the most and share it with your friends. If you find something interesting on it, it helps us and it's going to help the, uh, your friends and family to get some amazing information totally free and in a total entertaining manner. Right, Jason? Because we're we're like what? what? We're like the funniest yep. guys in real estate. 
We are. We are hilarious. We should take this on the road. Absolutely. So don't forget to share the podcast. Again, reach out to Jason if you need anything. And as always, we'll catch you on the next Really Real Real Estate Podcast.